I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's the Round Ball Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, Quentin Daly, David Thirdkill, Joey Devine, Clark Kellogg, Linton Towns, Sean Keane, Featuring Patreons, Ike Diagu, thank you Mike Burchett, Grant McIntosh, thank you Dick Berry, Dave Jordan, a.k.a. Don Nelson, a.k.a. Ninja Purtle, a.k.a. Shop Daddy, Keith Parrish from the Fast Break Breakfast Podcast, musical guest Godspeed, you Black Emperor! And now the temporary host of Rumble Rock, Joey Devine! Hi, it's me, Joey Devine, your temporary host of Round Ball of Round Ball Rock. And I've gotta say, I am shocked it took us 205 episodes or whatever to get to the ghost of Don Pardo saying, Godspeed, you black emperor. It's really an over- <laughs> oversight on our part. I'm here, as always, with my co-host, permanent co-host, uh, best friend, uh, King Basketball himself, Sean Keen. Sean, how are you? How's it going? It's going pretty Feeling good. good. I'm yeah. very tired. Not to yeah, this be was... a uh, take it or break it stand, uh, <laughs> like, uh, not not to be the host of take it or break it, uh, our good friend Corbin A. Smith, but uh, I'm stealing his steez a little by opening a podcast by saying how tired I am. Well, you know, it, it's because we've we're recording this at midnight on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know what? When the NBA playoffs and Game of Thrones are happening simultaneously, uh, we're too excited to sleep anyway. It's and true. I mean, tomorrow. This is like 
especially when you've got a day of NBA basketball that's coming up, like that's coming up tomorrow, Joey. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like you know how you can't sleep on Christmas Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. but tomorrow we got Bucks Pistons at five. So sick, dude! And then we got wait. Rockets Jazz. What do you think Blake Griffin's Are... g- gonna do tomorrow? I could now. He doesn't quite have the right temperament for it. Like he's not gonna go like full Richie Tannenbaum, but I could see Blake Griffin like taking his shirt off. Yeah, as he's it. I think he's gonna get ejected. I think he's gonna get ejected too. <laughs> Which uh, that was a theme this weekend: getting ejected. There were a lot of ejections, <laughs> um, yeah. but it's not time to talk about that yet. Before we talk about our news and the playoffs, we first. Of course, need to talk about business because we are uh, entrepreneurs now. Hello, sharks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we probably can't go on that show now. No huh? fucking way. If he hears any of the songs. Well, you know what? I wouldn't want to take money from his uh, racist ass of uh, racist. His yeah. rapist ass. And he is kind of racist, you... too. Yeah, I think he is. Um. Can you can you do that at the beginning of Shark Tank and be like, we will not be accepting investment money from Mark Cuban? I mean, it seems like they don't ever outward say it, but people do appear to do that to Mr. Wonderful all the time on the show anyway, you know? Yeah, I wouldn't feel comfortable being in business with him. <laughs> I, you know what? I kind of would. It's just a persona. Look, I have, as a child of a floppy disk computing... Uh, I have fond um, fond memories of the the learning company, you know, mm-hmm. which was his software company. That's how he became like a millionaire or whatever, yeah. a Canadian millionaire. So you know, um, whatever that means. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like it's That's like how the he way became to... as rich as Tom Green. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Tom Green was rich enough that he could build a studio inside his own house, <laughs> and then realize that's what he did. Um, maybe got a little depressed about that. But let's talk about business first. Um, yeah. Patreon.com slash roundballrock is where you can give us money if you'd like to. Um, uh, we have a lot of great tiers. Three bucks a month, you get in a uh, Discord chat, which I gotta say, popping off this weekend. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's been pretty good. <laughs> yeah, the, I've really been enjoying the Discord chat. Uh, we have some very funny listeners, and if you want to be involved with a community of very funny people, hop hop on in there for three bucks a month. For five bucks a month, you get an extra episode of Round Ball Rock every Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did we do this week? Talked about uh, the playoffs. Oh yeah, we did. We did. Um, oh, and then we talked about we decided which warrior was the uh, was which like Criterion Collection movie, basically. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, for ten bucks a month, you get buttons, and uh, I've been talking with the artist designing those buttons, and uh, I got to tell you, a lot of you are gonna want to bump up to those ten bucks a month, ten dollar uh, months here. Yeah, they they seem amazing. <laughs> I just um, heard about. I'll just no spoilers. We might we might share the design as a teaser, probably. Yeah, we I will don't... definitely be doing yeah. that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then uh, 
20 bucks a month gets you a, t- a slammed up t-shirt so that's fucking sick mm-hmm. oh you also get a sticker too a round ball rock sticker with those buttons 20 bucks a month a t-shirt 50 bucks a month you get to come on round ball rock as a guest and for a hundred dollars a month sean and i will go to a basketball game with you yes um, we will joey did you how many basketball games did you go to this past year counting summer league oh not counting summer league oh like three yeah i think i went to two i went to the clippers opener and i went to the their last game of the year uh but if you can't afford to give us money that's okay too because we understand not being able to afford things better than most uh, but you can still, if you like the show, you can still help us out by, uh, downloading the show, reviewing the show, five stars only. It's weird. iTunes only lets you give five stars out and, um, telling your friends about it and mm-hmm. subscribing, of course. But it would be weird if you were listening to this and you weren't a subscriber. Yeah. Uh, also we like to hear from you. These announcements are getting very long. I got to get better at this. Uh, but we would, of course, like to hear from you, and you can do that on Twitter, at RoundRockPod, on Gmail, at RoundRockPod, on G- at gmail.com, and of course, you can always call us on the phone at 323-682-0342. Did yeah. I forget anything? No, I think you got it. Oh. Man, um, well, you know, it, I'm I'm a the announcements part of this is a uh, extremely tenuous because uh, I'm only the temporary host. You That's know, true. I could be fired You're, at any time if we're I we're reviewing them up. you every single time. <laughs> that one was acceptable. Check plus. Oh, thank God. Um, should we talk about the news? Let's talk about the news. This is Round Ball Rock News. Basketball news. For humans and robots. Trust the process. All right, in a weekend full of basketball, you'd think uh, this guy wouldn't have made the news, but everybody is buzzing about it, Sean. Uh, Just constant, constant talk. Everyone on the internet was not talking about the playoffs this weekend. They were, of course, talking about... LeBron James making Time Magazine's top 100. Wow. It's incredible. I can't He's believe he made it. Uh. <laughs> 100 most influential people. It's so good. It's, you know what? Okay, I have a little, do you, do you remember the two things that LeBron James started to do during the postseason in Miami? Uh, read books. Read books, and then he went into, like, full social media lockdown. Mm -hmm. Here's a question. Could it be that LeBron James, like Magic Johnson, just wanted to be able to tweet this summer? You know what I mean? Like, LeBron (laughs) wanted to get in there and mix it up about Game of Thrones, and he's like, damn it, the only way I can do that is if I miss the playoffs. I don't. (laughs) He hasn't been tweeting, has he? I haven't really been paying attention. Honestly, I don't have... I am not Eric Garcia Gunderson. I don't have his uh, tweets on notification. Uh Uh-huh. Because I'm not the editor of LeBron Wire. Uh, Which, by the way, not a shot at Eric. Does a great job. Um, 
But I don't think LeBron's been tweeting, has he? Uh, he retweeted his own foundation. He tweeted something about Nipsey Hussle. He retweeted a Steve a Kerr Blaise tweet yesterday. Yeah, a Blaze Blaze Pizza about vegans. Oh, and he tweeted, "Honored and humbled to be in the company of such great leaders. Thank you for the kind words." Blank. It's all for my kids. Well, that's where we're gonna get to. Uh, Sean, do you know who wrote? Uh, LeBron James, James's blurb and for the Time 100. Uh, I'm. I didn't until seconds ago, and now I'm amazed. <laughs> uh, it was Warren Buffett, of course. That's <laughs> <laughs> obviously the most fun thing that has happened in professional sports in the past few years is athletes going full hashtag brand. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know about you, but I am fascinated with basketball players, corporate ventures off the court. And I love journalism about it. Mm-hmm. It's love definitely it. totally newsworthy and not <laughs> just kind of pushed by the flax. Yeah. It's of, not a uh, weird, um, it's not at all like a weird trading game at all. No, like, or it's like, very or much like, news. Oh, like a weird commercial for the person's uh, right, seemingly random lifestyle brand and other <laughs> ventures. Um, should I read this two-paragraph essay by Warren Buffett about LeBron please, James? Please, yes. I first met LeBron James. Oh, you know what? Should I do like a Warren Buffett voice? I don't know what he sounds like, but I'm should I do what I imagine he sounds yeah, yeah, like? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Do, do okay. what your heart tells you that Warren Buffett sounds like. I kind of know what he sounds like. I first met LeBron James more than a decade ago. Is that right? Is that what he is that what he sounds no, like? But, but I love it. Little too folksy. Too folksy. He's a little. He, I, Warren Buffett's just kind of more basic. He's oh, sort of so more it's like, like a. He, he has Republican voice. He he. It is folksy. <laughs> it's not. It's not quite as uh, picky. You. I was I do. Say. I would say I was doing a little bit of like Hal Holbrook. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I didn't see is, you that's there. Why I imagined, yeah. Like my offices are still in Omaha, what, Nebraska. What if I? What if I became the Hal Holbrook of Warren Buffett? <laughs> you just. Word around <laughs> Joey Devine as Warren Buffett Warren in a night with Warren Buffett. <laughs> oh, hello. I didn't see you there. I was too busy counting my millions of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a character now. Well, they told me to buy tech stock, but I said, you know what I love? A nice cold glass of Coca-Cola. <laughs> I first met LeBron James more than a decade ago when we filmed a skit for a Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting. I beat him in basketball in the video, so it was clearly comedy. We had a good time, and since that day, I've been impressed with his leadership skills, his sharp mind, and his ability to stay grounded. People in LeBron's position get tugged in different directions and have a lot of chances to make bad decisions. He's kept his head. And that's not easy. Believe me, Warren Buffett. Okay, I added that last part. (laughs) Early hero... 
Early heroes will mold a person's future. LeBron has justified the adulations of millions and millions of young people thanks to his ability to live up to enormous expectations on the basketball court, his big business successes in Hollywood and media, and his new I Promise School for Disadvantaged Kids in his hometown of Akron, Ohio. That adulation will make a positive difference in their lives. And you know what else is exciting? As great as he has been so far on and off the court, you're just seeing the start of LeBron. Warren Buffett is the chairman and CEO of Berkshire Hathaway. (laughs) This is a great essay. Do you think... How many times has he met LeBron James? (laughs) I'm going to say... Three that, to four. I was going to say that one time. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, when do you think the last time Warren Buffett watched a basketball game was? Mm, I'm going to say a business meeting during the uh, Kobe Shaq Laker Lakers that period. And that sounds that sounds good. Yeah. Do you think he could explain like what double dribble is? No, I don't think so. Like, uh, unless is double dribble a thing you can do in like polo? No, he's he's uh, well, yeah, he probably knows about polo. He definitely knows about polo, dude. Uh, (laughs) People that rich, you automatically like once they put that much money in your like bank account, like uh. They Johnny, they like Johnny mnemonic. No, sorry, they matrix uh, the rules of polo into your brain, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it just gets downloaded. (laughs) Yeah, he probably like founded polo in Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah, for sure, dude. Because I think he still lives in the house he bought like 60 years ago. (laughs) Here's a question for you, Sean. Mm -hmm. Uh, Would you like to know some of these other weird pairings? Time I, Magazine did. They're not basketball related, but there are some bizarre ones. I I want to hear as yes, yes I do. Okay. I hear uh, do you want to know who wrote about Tiger Woods? Who wrote about Tiger Woods? Justin uh, Timberlake. <laughs> <laughs> the man of the woods. <laughs> Justin Justin Timberlake is he just like. Will he never stop appropriating things from black people? <laughs> now he's like, I'm also going to appropriate things from the Cablinasians. <laughs> what is his? I guess, I guess, like the Mickey Mouse Club was in. Isn't Orlando like Tiger's Town? I guess it is. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know, man. What is? <laughs> All right, Sean, who do you think wrote about Jane Goodall? Jane Goodall? Mm-hmm. Is Jane... Oh, yeah, Jane Goodall is still alive. I was thinking of Diane Fossey or Coco <laughs> the Gorilla. Um, didn't really speak sign language. Uh, who wrote about Jane Goodall? <laughs> I don't know. Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> <laughs> He's like when when I was making Blood Diamond, I uh... <laughs> <laughs> all right. Who do you think wrote about Donald Trump, Sean? Alec Baldwin, Chris Christie. 
wrote about Nancy Pelosi. Uh, uh, the, the Hillary Muslim fucking Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> That's what America wants. Essay is about Nancy Pelosi, written by Hillary Clinton. <laughs> called is the title of that essay. We're never ever gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sean. Uh. Do you know who Chip and Joanna Gaines are? I have heard that name, but I don't know who they are. They're co-stars of an HGTV show called Fixer Upper. And oh. they like, oh, they're elite. They're the they they run that Magnolia homeware. Thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. D- who do you think wrote about them? The Property Brothers. Tim Tebow. <laughs> what? <laughs> Did he did he like meet him when they were circumcising babies? I don't know. I'm not I'm not like, clicking on it. Don't yeah, don't, don't. I like to I like to like maybe they had him over and they watched him strike out like five times in a minor league <laughs> baseball game. All right. Who do you think wrote about Ninja, the Fortnite streamer? <laughs> I keep trying to, like, match these, and that's what the problem <laughs> it's is. It's fucking impossible, dude. What about, okay, so Ninja the Fortnite yeah. streamer, Carl Anthony Towns. You're not, you know what? You're pretty close. <laughs> Juju Smith-Schuster. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Anthony Brown's gonna say something shitty about Ninja the Fortnite streamer now. Um... <laughs> Uh, all right. Here's my question now that we've done that a little bit. Yes. Say you made the Time 100. Uh Uh-huh. Who do you think Time Magazine would have write yours? Okay, so ideally, it's someone in a completely unrelated field who, like, just maybe, like, happens to be a listener, but, but doesn't really have anything in common with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say Tulsi Gabbard. <laughs> it's just like, eh, she just, she just really like slammed up. Uh, I want Dr. John to write mine. <laughs> You know, never in the right place at the wrong time. Joey Devine. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Should we talk about uh, another weird news story we have this yeah, week? Please. Yeah, they're they're all really weird. I'm here. actually surprised this guy's not on Times One Time Times One Hundred, considering Brett Kavanaugh is. Um, yep. Oh God. <laughs> Wait, who wrote the Brett Kavanaugh? Who do you one? think? Clarence Thomas. Mitch McConnell. Oh, well, that's that. <laughs> shouldn't, shouldn't it be like, like somebody Look, who I, I don't know. Skip some I, ones that really bummed me out. <laughs> <laughs> 
there is like the ultimate resistance boner on here, though. What is it like? One Krasenstein writing about another Krasenstein? <laughs> <laughs> no, Sally Yates wrote about Robert Mueller. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Boy, I bet that thing went to press uh, a couple a couple weeks ago, actually. Um, anyways, I'm an assistant cop. I love this cop. <laughs> uh, back to the guy who did not make the Time 100, though. Michael Avenatti, it turns mm-hmm. out, stole $1.5 million from Hassan Whiteside's girlfriend. Yes. Uh, which initially the $1.5 million was Hassan Whiteside paying off that ex. It was his ex-girlfriend mm. paying off that woman. Um, yes. I read the report. Apparently, uh-huh. he was paying her off for uh, gar- her investment of time and support over a number of years as Hassan pursued a career in the NBA. Yes, that is that is according to Hassan Whiteside's lawyer, um, and then here's what Michael Avenatti tweet. He said in a, a statement, it was a tweet. It's mm-hmm. pretty clearly a tweet. Um, it was not the news article I read referred to it as a statement. It was clearly a tweet, um, because it has an at symbol next to someone's name. Mm-hmm. That's how you can tell. Um, I look forward to all the details coming out regarding Hassan Whiteside's settlement, the money received by the client, the money deducted for fees and costs, etc., and the reason why he paid the money. I especially look forward to the inquiry by the NBA and its commissioner. So what a shitty lawyer that is. Uh-huh. He was taking a million dollars for facilitating that transaction, and then he just, like, rats out a client. Well, or, then or he didn't even, ratting out. He didn't even give it to her, though. He took the money and bought a jet with it. Yeah. Yeah. And then kept telling her, like, he hasn't paid me the money yet. <laughs> so, like, he's he's basically trying to retroactively blackmail Hassan Whiteside. The N- well, and the NBA. Like, he was, was he trying to, like, blackmail Nike and Zion Williamson? Mm. Like, <laughs> come on. Man. I mean, look, I am sure Hassan Whiteside did something bad. Mm, uh, this that is doesn't a man. <laughs> I mean, he murdered that bird. Yes, we covered that. <laughs> yeah. uh, he left that gun in his car. Oh, yeah. He had an automatic <laughs> weapon in his car. Like, I mean, even if you, her investment of time and support, that's worth $2.75 million. Like, what does she know? I don't know, man. I, I oh. prefer not to know, you know? Oh, yeah. I hate to be that guy, but... No, but, like, when you're, when you're like, leaving automatic weapons in the back of unlocked cars, mm-hmm. and again, murdering animals for the purpose <laughs> of an Instagram story... Look, we only think he murdered the animal. We can't may say just, that. We, we... <laughs> okay, you're right, you're right. He may have just found a dead bird. And then filmed it for a long time mm-hmm. in an Instagram stories. <laughs> He's into some weird stuff, it seems like. Here's my question. Uh-huh. At this point, who would you rather vote for for president? Mm-hmm. Michael Avenatti or Hassan Whiteside? Oh, my God. <laughs> 
I mean, I think it would be Whiteside. I mean, they. <laughs> who's more of a threat, though? Because I feel like if Avenatti just got in, he'd immediately. Uh, he just he just like straight up grift. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, but but I mean, he's I, straight up Blagojevich. Yeah, just he right. didn't get to the getting elected part. He'd just be he would be trying to like auction off national relics and stuff mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> he would it would be he would definitely um also do it like heat style where he would have a bag packed and he'd be able to get out of the White House and disappear <laughs> within half an hour when it went bad. So I mean I think he would I think he really would try to like ditch the Secret Service at one point. Mm-hmm. When, Got too much. Like he wouldn't. He's not good at pulling off these scams. No. So yeah. I mean, I guess he was successful for a little while, but yeah, he was somehow somehow his law practice was also a Ponzi scheme. Here's which... what I think he would do. First thing, mm-hmm. uh, I think he would sell that book of secrets from National Treasure too. Right. But it doesn't exist. He would just make it up. You know. He'd like claim it existed, <laughs> and he'd be like, "I'm I'm reading this," and then they'd ask him to read it a second time, and he he wouldn't read it exactly the same word for word. <laughs> you just trying to make that up right now? Oh man, I love when people pretend they're reading something and then saying like, "Wait, read that last part." <laughs> <laughs> uh. Okay, but okay, but President Whiteside, what is that like? I mean, he's not getting he he's not going to get along with people. No, he doesn't. He doesn't get along with people generally, right? Isn't that kind of why he was out of the league at first? Yeah, and then he's okay. So he's going to be a little limited. Uh-huh. Basically, he's going to slash the defense budget because he's like, I just don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I can't focus on this very mm-hmm. much. Good point. Or like, or like the, he'd, he'd basically take like 90% of the soldiers out of commission, but we would have like 10 million drones. That would be like his version of the military. You know what I mean? Like, it's just. See, it's like I think. Just trying to swat things out of see, the sky. I actually like, think the first scandal of his. Uh, presidency would be the army uh like left like a like a 10 million dollar gun on somebody's front lawn and it got stolen yeah they, well, they, they like leave a nuclear weapon in afghanistan and the taliban finds it and he's like oh my bad i just the taliban returns it though and it's like yeah, we don't actually like, like this is we're, we're sort of like we just kind of want Afghanistan. A, nu- a nuclear weapon doesn't. We don't, wouldn't even know who to threaten, to be honest. Just there, literally forty years of other countries' armies being here. Just what? Okay, go. if Hassan Whiteside is named president somehow, right? Does he name Pat Riley his chief of staff? I don't think he would intend to do that, but I think Pat Riley could talk him into doing that. <laughs> do you think that's what Pat Riley actually wants? And that, Is that the, what's left for him to do? 
<laughs> yeah, because the the Heat are super capped out. They can't even make the playoffs in a year like this where Blake Griffin's knee fell off in mid February. Um, yeah that that's he wants his to fat shame America's children in the yeah, the uh, presidential <laughs> fitness tests. <laughs> there's like Pat Riley actually brings back a more progressive tax, but suddenly there's this like giant loophole for tax rebates for hair products and our <laughs> suits. Uh, do you think he would outlaw three peats? No, he would. Why well, he would try oh. to make? Them, oh, because he could profit off them. They'd have yeah. to, that would be in the trust, right? Maybe he only invites three peating teams to the White House. <laughs> He would be the president for sure, though. If uh, oh yeah, this he would be what we thought, Ban- what people thought Bannon was gonna be. Well, and like what Bannon thought he was gonna be. God, what do you think, Pat Riley's agenda? I bet Pat Riley would be aggressively uh, fighting climate change. I don't know about that, man. <laughs> he might not really care. Uh, here's a question. Um, do you think it's hard to steal $1.5 million from Hassan Whiteside? I mean, I guess no. no. <laughs> well, he also apparently just uh, took a giant amount of money from Hassan Whiteside, didn't pay any money, mm-hmm. and then started paying small amounts of money saying, that, like, yeah, Hassan hasn't paid yet. Well, this is... Uh, isn't that guy a jerk taking your money <laughs> hey see this new jet I bought <laughs> so the government has the jet mm-hmm. does Hassan Whiteside's ex-girlfriend get the jet she should get the jet she right? should get the jet yeah that seems like the only fair compliment <laughs> yeah uh, also, I do not want to know what Hassan Whiteside did. If this nope. woman is okay, not sharing, because clearly I don't want to. I just don't want to know. It's not nothing. Nothing good. Yeah. Um, but okay. Here's a question. Yeah. yeah. Didn't Hassan Whiteside technically steal his money from the <laughs> the Miami Heat? Uh yes, he did. Yes, he did. So it's. So this is like uh this is like when a bank robber goes like we're not stealing your money it's the insurance companies. <laughs> <laughs> this is Mickey Harrison's money. <laughs> He's fine. He owns a lot of cruise ships. <laughs> um should we talk about the playoffs? Yeah, I guess so. It's the NBA playoffs. Uh, playoffs talk about playoffs you kidding me playoffs basketball for humans we're gonna be championship data for robots both teams play hard my man both teams played hard all right so the nuggets sean which game do you want to talk about first actually um let's talk about the ones today and then go back how about that uh, did you watch the Warriors play the Clippers? I did watch the Warriors play the Clippers. Um, Steph Curry was not great in that game, Joey. No, but he, look, man, we all know Chris, uh, Steph Curry is a religious man. He is. Um, it was Easter Sunday. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he was just showing the world what Easter is all about mm-hmm. uh, by playing like a dead man. He did. For Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, and uh, Draymond Green's sins, dude. Mm-hmm. And then lifted them up. Just like just like the our Lord and Savior uh Christ the King himself. Yes, yes. <laughs> and uh the the Roman zealot Danilo Gallinari did go over eight. He was really bad too. He was pretty bad. Uh Shea Gilgis Alexander, uh real tight though. Yeah, he was um, good. Did you hear Clay's postgame quote? Uh, no, please tell me about it. He talked about he he was talking about how he was like, look, we knew we couldn't be complacent after game two. We had to bring it because these guys are so good. I'm just glad we get to play them now when they're young before uh, we're like old and washed and they start beating us. <laughs> so that was that was cool. Um, um, Clay Thompson had a monster game. Yes. Uh, do you think it's because he smoked so much weed yesterday uh, that he was relaxed? I, I think it was a good combination of things. Like, I think I think Clay is not a guy who goes to bed early, but um, if he's spending the day smoking weed on the beach with uh, you know, his Jerebko, as appeared to be the case. See, uh, I think yeah. Clay Thompson does go to bed early. I think Clay Thompson is one of those guys that passes out everywhere. Oh, like he's I could see that. I've just heard a lot of stories about him, like playing video games with his friends until like three or four. Yeah, in the but morning. don't you think his friends are playing video games and he's passed out and they're trying they're debating whether to like draw a dick on his face? Doesn't that seem like more Clay Thompson? <laughs> I mean, I, I it does not. He does not seem like. An unlikely guy to be the first kid to fall asleep at a sleepover, for sure. Uh, he claims he broke out of his slump, though, because he decided to jump into the ocean while playing beach volleyball with Jonas Jerebko. Yeah. Here's a question for you. Yeah. Richard Jefferson and Luke Walton love to play beach volleyball. Do you uh-huh. think they were there, too? Oh, Wow. Um, no, because I think Richard Jefferson is, uh, not confident enough about his body, but also isn't he like, doesn't Richard Jefferson live in San Diego? No, they live, they, they live here. Remember our friend was, we can't talk about that on the podcast. Oh, right, right, right. Well, I guess so. Yeah, I guess he. Sorry, I think his family lives in San Diego, but I guess Luke Walton's family lives in San Diego, too. <laughs> um, I thought like Luke had convinced Richard Jefferson to make his permanent home San Diego. Anyway, uh, I we know someone who I has was... been to Richard Jefferson's house and it is not in San Diego. It is in a beach city in Los Angeles. <laughs> That's all I'll say. <laughs> um, I. Uh, I was honestly very surprised that Jerebko was there, but it kind of makes sense. Dude, he's probably a better beach volleyball player than he is a basketball player. Look at that, I dude. Be- I bet he's a great, like, team handball player. He looks like fucking Iceman in Top Gun. Yeah, he's, he's got to yeah, be a machine. A, the king of beach volleyball. Um, This feels like a Mad Libs Clay Thompson story, doesn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah, you could you could <laughs> throw in, like like, just name a player, a sport. Dramatic activity. 
Like, how did Clay break out of his slump? Well, he uh, he dumped a pitcher of water on himself when he was playing Connect Four with Quinn Cook. <laughs> Clay Thompson was playing shuffleboard with Alfonso McKinney. <laughs> um. You know, right in the middle of a dance dance revolution game with Kavon Looney, uh, <laughs> Clay just took a big shot of whiskey and he felt like it broke him out of his slump. Um, here's something we actually need to talk about, though. Uh, this game was actually boring for cl- how close it was, kind of, you know. Durant was good, but there was a moment I need to talk about. Uh, okay. So the Clippers take the lead in the third quarter. Uh, Mm -hmm. They go to a, it's a dramatic lead. They go to a timeout. And as they're cutting to a timeout, Patrick Beverly and Montrez Harrell high five Chuck the Condor. Oh my God. The Condor. Have you seen the Condor? It's not easy to be a comedian in the morning. That's why they're nightclubs. Is that the greatest moment of Steve Ballmer's life? I mean, he loves the condor. He loves the condor. He gets he he not only acts like Chuck the Condor is real, he acts like Chuck the Condor is like an enigma. You know what? I'm gonna find. I I've been avoiding doing it. I have looked. I have looked for this, and I have not been able to find it. It might take me a while, but I'm gonna fucking do it because we talk about this so much. Mm -hmm. Uh. There is a quote of <laughs> of Steve Ballmer talking about Chuck the Condor like he's a real person. If I can find it, I'm going to play it here. Chuck is my wingman, and I am pumped that he is officially part of Clipper Nation! Like me, Chuck loves the Clippers, and I want Clipper Nation to follow Chuck, wear shoes like Chuck, and cheer like crazy, just like Chuck. But I think it was probably the greatest moment of Steve Ballmer's life, right? Better than that giant comeback they had the other night, I think. Because he loves loves the Condor more than winning, I think. And it was combined with winning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to talk about, uh, Russell Westbrook? Should we do that now? Yeah, let's talk about Russell Westbrook. Um, he's, what's going on with him? Like, (laughs) well, there's one thing that I won again. mm -hmm. They're going to get fucking swept out of the playoffs. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Is. Well, they're not going to get swept out of. Oh, sorry. They want. Sorry. They will be gentlemen. Gentlemen swept. Yeah. Here's my question for you. Um. Uh Is he going to learn from this? Because this one, this time it feels like extra his fault. Yeah, but I mean, it's like more his fault than normal. Look, they were lucky enough that they played Utah last year because, uh, you know, a bunch of other teams would have swept them out of the playoffs. Mm hmm. I think the Pelicans would have swept them. The Rockets would have swept them. The Warriors would have swept them. The Blazers might have swept them last year, honestly. (laughs) I don't know about that. (laughs) Uh, But they were lucky enough that uh, the Jazz only beat them (laughs) 4-2. 
but I mean, I don't, I don't know if he's ever going to learn. And it's just, I feel like it's hard to tell. Even it, I've said it like it's, it's hard to tell how good the other guys of the team are sometimes. But I mean, Paul George is really good. Yeah, he's great, and he's he's hurt. But I, I mean, who knows? He definitely seems like he is injured, but he's also taking a ton of free throws. Uh, you know, like, okay, so today Paul George shot eight of 21. Mm-hmm. That's not wonderful, but he, he made four threes. He was 12 of 14 from the free throw line. He had 10 rebounds and six assists. Uh, Russell Westbrook shot five of 21, mm-hmm. and he also didn't. Okay, this is the difference with Russell Westbrook is that he doesn't really get to the basket the same way anymore, or at least he doesn't finish at the basket the same way anymore. His free throws are also it's like Andres Bedrin's level. I don't understand what happened to him. He went from shooting 80% and now he shoots like 55. I mean, that's I have a theory. Uh-huh. Do you think he's tired from jumping from rebounds all the time? It could be. It could be, especially at the end of the year, you know, and then he just doesn't have any lift on his jumper <laughs> or even any lift when his legs are standing perfectly still at the free throw line. But, yeah, I mean, he's OK. The last five years, his three point percentages are. 29.9, 9, 29.6, 34.3, 29.8, 29.0. I mean, that's pretty, that's steady. <laughs> and he's taking five or six a game. Uh-huh. It's just, uh... It's weird, man. Like, is Russ bad now? That is, well, that is absolutely what I would say, is that he is, he <laughs> he's still going to be, like, second or third team All-NBA, but uh, I don't know. Like, doesn't it seem like they have a lot of good players around him he, that they shouldn't just be getting hammered all the time in the playoffs? Well, they certainly don't have shooting. <laughs> you but know what just, I mean? It's not like they have the James Harden. It's not like the floor is exactly spaced for him either. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Like there's but, like one guy who shoots threes well, but isn't isn't the point of having Jeremy Grant that that guy can shoot threes a little bit? I mean, I think he's more there because he's good at defense, right? Like switching on defense when other teams go small, isn't that really Jeremy? And he's like a hustle guy. Like I know he's supposed to shoot threes, but like, and he does fine, but it's not like yeah. he's Patrick Patterson is really the guy that's supposed to be shooting threes who just is came here broken. Yeah, he just doesn't really play. Well, yeah, there's 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 two guys who have a good three point percentage. They got fucked over by both Abrinus and Patrick Patterson is really what happened to them. <laughs> they bet big on those two guys being shooters and then neither of them turned out to be so, you know. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the team. Hold on. Yeah. Um, but it it just seems weird because of how good you hear about Steven Adams is and 
you know, they have Markeith Morris now, and... Well, Markeith Morris is also hurt. Like, Markeith Morris had a neck injury so bad he got waved. Yeah. But, I mean, it's... I, uh... I don't know if it just doesn't. It seems like the real problem with their shooting is Russell Westbrook, not the other guys who are around him. I think it's really hard when your point guard is a terrible three point shooter. Yeah. You know, you can get by with. But he also he also can't make shots at the rim now. So. It's so <laughs> weird. Know. I just don't understand. Like. If, yeah, like look, how Sam Presti should leave. Are very that strange. is what I'm what I'm think what I'm leaning towards now. Get out now, Sam Presti. Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't leave Oklahoma City. They'll kill you. They will. <laughs> they'll shoot at your house with a gun. Uh, he should take the Lakers' job. He should ask for like twenty five million dollars a year to run the Lakers. Uh, so yeah, so he needs to get on the phone to Linda Rambis right now. <laughs> uh, okay, back to the some things that happened tonight. Raymond yeah. Mel- Felton finally made a basket. Tonight. Congratulations, Raymond Felton! Against First field goal. fan base who fat shames him relentlessly. I still, it's so funny to ask people in Portland about that because you you bring it up and it's like, well. You know, it's the striker, and they say you don't you don't understand. Mm-hmm. He was so fat. He was the fattest, <laughs> the fattest guy I've ever seen. Just the fattest. He was so fat. Oh, that fat piece of shit. And it's in Portland, like the the location of the television show Shrill. Um. Also, uh, home of the rock band Poison Idea. Who had a man so fat in it, his name was Pig Champion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Keep Portland obese. <laughs> like, I know Steve Prefontaine is also from there, but Pig but like, Champion you... was from there. <laughs> and how please, you... hold on. Yeah. Right now, I know you're at the gym or you're driving when you're listening to this. Uh, pull over... Get off the treadmill. Google a picture of Pig Champion from Poison mm-hmm. Idea, please. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. How do you hate on Raymond Felton for that one season and yet embrace burlesque in all its forms? <laughs> Come on, Portland. I don't know. I don't like it, though. I'll be honest. Really don't like it. And I... I do not like Raymond Felton. Not either. even a fan of him. But but it's just like it's a weird bad look for a team where it was just like there was a time when you couldn't tell if Andre Miller, Jamal Crawford, or Raymond Felton were gonna be on your team or the Nuggets or the Knicks <laughs> at any given moment. Also, you're mad that Raymond Felton was so fat, and yet you embrace Andre Miller, the media food-eating man. <laughs> we heard from a source this week that Rudy Gobert also eats the media food, by the way. that That's also not a surprise. Come on. <laughs> um, hey, congratulations, Barry Trammell, reporter mm-hmm. who did nothing. Westbrook finally answered one of your questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and... 
Do you, you hear want, what his answer was? Joey? Yeah, I was going to say, do you want me to say the answer? Yeah, say the answer. That's a good question. I don't know. Okay. But hey, so, it's better than next question for no reason. Yeah, I mean, that is a funny answer, but it's a funny answer after he was kind of just like an asshole for no reason. Yeah, I understand that no one's entitled to blah, blah, blah. But like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Beat reporters in Oklahoma City have it so good. <laughs> Hey, here's a question. You all have to live there. Here's you know a what question I mean? about Oklahoma City. Yeah. Um, does living there make you an asshole? Between Westbrook and Durant. Uh-huh. Like, here's my question. It's not really about the city. It's no. is Wayne Coyne from the Flaming Lips somehow like a joy vampire that is right. stealing all of the energy from everyone who lives there? Like, like every time he does Molly, uh, like a an unpaid Oklahoma City Theater Thunder intern shushes an online reporter. <laughs> oh, Wayne Coyne! Did you see Wayne Coyne's rainbow? Yeah. Uh, wow. Um, <laughs> Jeremy Grant's wife is getting yelled at tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh oh, Wayne Coyne's doing an impromptu parade down Main Street. Uh oh, uh, Alex Abrinas is leaving a zero percent tip. <laughs> <laughs> I really think that's what it is. I think Wayne Coyne is a joy vampire. Mm-hmm. So what? So he needs to get. Like, okay, so if Wayne Coyne... I mean, look at what happened to Stephen Drood. Yes, that's a good point. (laughs) So what if they... So Wayne Coyne needs to make an emo record if the Thunder are ever going to be able to win an NBA title. (laughs) Did I say this on the podcast the other day that I read this? (laughs) I read this Oklahoma City book and Wayne Coyne is in it. It's about the Thunder... And the Thunder people were always kind of annoyed when he showed up because he cheered for everything. Oh. <laughs> and they were like, we can't have the most famous person from this city cheering for Kobe Bryant. Right. <laughs> he was just like, whoa, that's a dunk. That's cool. Whoa, this dribbling is cool. Like, both ways. <laughs> I think I said he was constantly on mushrooms, maybe. Yeah, I think I, I did say that on an episode. My apologies, guys. I can't tell if we were just, just talking. Well, <laughs> we might have just been talking. Yeah. Um, should we talk about respecting the jazz? Yeah. I mean, once you once you talk about the incredible uh, market of Oklahoma City, you got to go to theocratic Oklahoma City North, <laughs> a.k.a. Uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. So the Jazz are getting swept, and it's not even close. Um, yeah, so James game, Harden missed all his shots, and the Rockets still won. Game three was completely bizarre, and also I didn't realize this that well, uh, I think he hit four in the fourth, right? But he was yeah, like yeah. zero for fifteen going into the fourth, or something like that. Yeah, he had not made a basket in the first three quarters, and I didn't realize this. He also didn't make. Uh, he went like a full. 
game. You know how like uh, the Tiger Slam was winning all the all the majors like in a row, but not in one calendar mm-hmm. year. James Harden had uh, like a Tiger uh, cold streak. <laughs> where he didn't make a shot from like the middle of the four, the th- the third quarter of game two right. to the fourth quarter of game three, um, which is amazing. And Oklahoma and Utah still lost. Yeah. Um, I mean, this one was at least closer, but it still didn't feel close. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, and. The Jazz Watching had a chance to tie, but I never was like, the Jazz are going to tie this game. <laughs> it was just like, eh, four points down, two points down. And then, uh, yeah, they they were down two, and they ended up, uh, they ended up, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they were up two. James Harden missed a shot. Mm-hmm. And then... PJ Tucker took a rebound away from Rudy Gobert. Yeah. And then he got fouled and he split uh, his free throw. So they did have a chance. And so, Uh so the game came down to Gobert getting out rebounded. And then uh, they Donovan Mitchell had a wide open three point attempt that he just missed. Mm -hmm. And then that was. Yeah. Um, Is this. I got to say, this feels like one of the bigger cell phones in NBA history by the Jazz fans, right? Yes, it it does. Because I've never heard a team, uh, like a fan base, demanding respect to this degree. But Mm -hmm. not like like it was like Rudy Gobert's all-star selection. It goes back to Donovan Mitchell... And the like inventing a rookie of the year definition debate that's never existed in uh-huh. NBA history, like like something that not one person brought up when Blake Griffin won rookie of the year, right? In exactly the same circumstances. <laughs> uh, but like, but like, is is so infused with an us against them mentality where. It is true that I don't think a lot of there are a lot of like casual Utah Jazz fans. Yes. But the only hating of Utah Jazz fans is completely self-generated when you just have these insane. Uh, we've talked about small market energy on the podcast, right? Uh, it was a it was a uh, I believe Josh we have and- Josh Androsky Josh. invented the term SME stands for small market energy yeah uh, and it's frankly changed my life <laughs> yeah it it explains so much of just like having your backup for no real reason but having but having no ability to let your back come down you know like what i mean I like, for sure had sme as both a golden state warrior fan and an oakland a's fan in the <laughs> early to mid 2000s <laughs> Right. And you when you start when you start taking like a payroll personally, but also you just see lack of attention when it doesn't exist where I mean, I all I I definitely felt that rooting for the early 2000 A's, too. And then looking back, it was like, well, they actually won the MVP and the Cy Young Award. (laughs) I guess. 
both that in hindsight are kind of questionable selections. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, Utah, it's just this. It's like it can't just be this team is better than people say, which is probably, you know, probably correct. It had to be from January 5th of this year going on. They were they were the best team in the whole league. Right. (laughs) And but they were also terrible for the first two months. So it's like also a team we all thought was pretty good turned out to be pretty good. You know what I mean? It was like the the. Like the scales evened out, just like they're supposed to. And also, people really like to talk about point differential in the NBA as an extremely predictive stat, which is not always the case. And I think the reason is that in baseball, it actually was a fairly predictive stat uh, just because there's so many more games and so many fewer points involved. Right. But even that is just a, like a thought exercise to just be like, hey, how do what's an easy way well, to to kind of to kind of see if if these teams are overperforming? Well, uh, I think the Pythagorean method, you know. <laughs> well, I think in basketball the only time it really matters is when it's like this year's Bucks team or that the warrior team from 2015 where it was like if it's like over nine points or whatever it means like they blew out like 30 teams or something like like 30 games were blowouts (laughs) but also when you like when you have a team that consistently underperforms that year after year it's like huh maybe there's something about the style these guys play right (laughs) and it's always and it's also like the shot prediction thing too that a lot of the a lot of the jazz things a lot of the jazz things were pointing out which is like wow look they shot way under the league uh number on uh wide open catch and shoot jump shots that means uh they're like they've had bad luck and it's like uh no i think jay crowder is just always the one open yeah, yeah. and shooting them <laughs> like you know, where where it was very unlucky that the the Houston Rockets missed as many three pointers in a row, but it also wasn't not their fault. You know what I mean? Like, yes. it's there is one jazz fan I fell in love with, though, Sean. Oh yes, I think uh, America did. <laughs> it was a woman with the roundest, biggest afro I've ever seen, but not an afro. It was a white woman. <laughs> Uh, it was like Disco Stew's haircut. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really even a bouffant. No. Uh, Edward Scissorhands clearly cut her hair, though, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it looked topiary. That That is the right description. Uh, our friend, uh, friend of the program and Patreon donor, Sean Hyken, uh, retweeted it with Phil Spector's court hair, and I think uh-huh. it's the most underrated NBA tweet of the year. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that woman is a murderer mm, excellent question yeah. no but I do expect to see her in a documentary about a murder right 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 you know what I mean she probably lives next door to one <laughs> yeah she's like we were co-workers at the poison factory <laughs> 
Uh, anyway, better luck next year, Utah Jazz. Um, They're just a Scotty Pippen and a Horace Grant away. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about that tweet. <laughs> um, oh, we should talk about Kyle Korver, though, I guess. Oh, yeah. That made news for some reason. Uh, after report, after reporters were dismissed, Kyle Korver called them back in to talk about how much he loves Donovan Mitchell. Uh, he said, quote, I've never been around a young player like Donovan Mitchell. I've never seen someone so young take ownership of a team, take ownership of his play, do it with charisma, do it with class. I've never seen that my 16 years in the NBA. Here's my question for you. Um, does he owe an apology to Allen Iverson, LeBron James, uh, and most importantly, of course, uh, seven-time All-Star and future Hall of Famer Joe Johnson? <laughs> he has to apologize to all those people and Al Horford, Carlos Boozer, uh, Mehmet Okur. Uh, Darren Williams. Darren Williams. Kirk Heinrich. He has to apologize to Kirk Heinrich. Lou Dang, Derek Rose. Yeah. <laughs> Yoke and Noah. Uh, okay, it would definitely be funniest if he, after game four, was like, listen, uh, what I said, I I owe an apology to Derek Rose. He is... <laughs> when you think maturity and you think leadership, um, the poise of this young man, I mean, I think... I think Donovan Mitchell could be the next Derrick Rose. That's what I <laughs> should say. Uh, but also, yeah, Donovan Mitchell's awesome. He's just fucking young, and this team um, could be better. They're but they're set up. Like, Gobert's a good player. He just can't be your second best offensive player. Right? That's what this is right. all about. Also, the Rockets are very good. Yeah. Um, don't be so mad. Yeah, just... Like... Yeah. It's fun. But also just just like wait. Okay, when you're thinking of being very grandiose about your team and the lack of respect that they're getting, just remember it. Even like make a note in uh, your your journal that has uh, Jeff Hornacek on the front of it and and puffy paints of uh, (laughs) Brian Russell and... uh, you know, Gordon Gerichek, all those greats. Mm-hmm. Um, make a note, but then wait and see what happens in the playoffs. And then when they when they win in the playoffs, then you can say like, "Hey, oh yeah, you've been disrespect you. all year. This now we have proved it." Don't just see what a robot says around Valentine's Day and brag about that. All right, that's um, what I'm the Celtics swept the Pacers. Yeah. Here's my question. Is this the most unconvincing sweep in the history of the NBA? Yeah, it is because they, <laughs> they, they were like constantly trailing in the third or fourth quarter. But also, um, but like, I kind of feel like this is this is like the second of three years where that happened, where the Cavs swept them and outscored them by like 10 points in the series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's just weird because they don't it doesn't feel like there was very much at stake for Indiana, Mm -hmm. even though there are a ton of potential free agents. Right. It just doesn't really seem like 
it was that big a deal for them to lose. I'm sure they're not happy they got swept or anything, but but also just it feels like the stakes were very low for the team, mm-hmm. especially given that Victor Oladipo just came to game four. <laughs> like, I understand. Why wasn't he there for the other games? At least for game three. <laughs> I get that, like, he didn't come back during the season. He was hurt, but like. He just came back to watch them get swept. <laughs> that was weird to me. But like, why did he go to Game Three? It, it makes no sense to me. Was he busy in Indianapolis? Uh, there's one last thing you want to say here, right? Yes. Yes. Go ahead. Uh, (laughs) big mean Corey joseph uh swung the game when he got a flagrant foul hitting shockingly young child man jason tatum the shazam of basketball in the head shame on you Corey joseph shame Shame on you beating up a child that's why you that's why you lost look he he looks big He's big and strong, but he's very young. He's a child. Don't you don't, don't hit, hit him in the head. <laughs> don't hit Danny Anger, his adult son, ever again. No. He's just a baby. He's uh, just big. Yeah, a baby who's gonna get swept by the Bucks now. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna get bummed by that. Um, oh, there was a weird. I can't remember. There were the the celebrities who showed up. Greg Oden showed up at the game. Yeah, that's great. Cool. Yeah, I just I <laughs> just throws their celebrity fan ratings in flux. <laughs> he is rivaling Mike Epps now. Um, let's talk about the the Nuggets, right? The Nuggets yeah. and Spurs now. Um. So Demar Derozan. Mm-hmm. Got ejected for throwing the ball at Scott Foster. Yes, he did. Uh, big Scott Foster year, huh? Mm-hmm. How many teams think he's biased against them? Uh, almost half, I think. Right? Yeah, yeah. I heard he hated the Rockets. I've heard he hated the Warriors. Um, some other fan base hated him. The Lakers. I think the Lakers hated that him too. Right. I think the Rockets also hate him. Right? The Rockets definitely hated him um that's that's the time when chris paul and james harden had that press conference there just like i don't know man i think the refs hate us i mean we just never shoot any free throws (laughs) uh but good job nuggets hey hooray nuggets making this a series this is the only good series we have right uh yeah this is the only (laughs) one yeah um how you feeling about this series sean Man, I watched um, a replay of Game 3 within, like, 12 hours of watching Game 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was fascinating. I, I'm like, it's uh, it's so fun to watch Jokic. That's, like, the main... That's I, He's the Joker, man. He's so good. Um, and uh, it's just... The, the games are also really interesting because they seem to contain tons of runs. They're also like weird style, like not to use shitty sports talk lingo, but it's uh-huh. like they're it's like such a weird style makes fights series, you know? Right, right. 
Um, yeah, where where it's uh, yeah, they, it's the 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 Spurs and their barrage of two pointers <laughs> versus this weird Nuggets team that wants to play really fast, but their best player is slow as hell. <laughs> well, and also they they the the fan the. Okay, so speaking of small market energy, um, oh my god, I forgot Nuggets, about this. The, the fucking Nuggets, Nuggets fans, man, started an online petition to bench Will Barton. And look, we know a lot of Nuggets fans. We love, yeah. we love Denver. We love Nuggets fans. We love the Nuggets. Um, don't start a petition to bench one of your players. Yeah. Well, it it is really some like we just missed the playoffs for so many years. Like it it. <laughs> It reminds me of, I mean, if you look at some of the things that happened uh, when the Warriors got back in 2013, mm-hmm. with just weird lineup things, I just remember getting like so mad at Festus Azili at one point, and <laughs> a real Mark Jackson move there. Um, but yeah, it's, it, there's a lot of, however, uh, Mike Malone did bench Will Barton and bring him off the bench, and it worked way better having Tory Craig in the yeah. lineup. Michael, uh, and, sorry, uh, yeah, Malik Beasley also awesome in this game. Yeah, but this was all Jokic. This was like a real star making turn for Jokic. This yeah, game. he was great. He was so Tory Tory Craig hit a ton of threes. Probably will not replicate that performance. But um, watching the two games in a row, I was just like, once once it was halftime of game four i was like i think tory craig's like the third most important player on the nuggets and <laughs> he is not he definitely is uh, but uh yeah it seems like it seems like what the nuggets figured out how to do is uh play defense against the spurs a little better hopefully yeah um because look i love popovich especially when i learned he tips like six thousand dollars or whatever <laughs> um but I just don't want to. I don't want to watch the Spurs again. It's just boring. Like I like the Spurs, mm-hmm. of course, but change it up a little. Give me something weird in the second round. You know what I mean? Yeah, like like. <laughs> well, in Blazers, Blazers Spurs Nuggets would be... be so fucking weird. What a weird series. Yeah, that's like, yeah, the battle for the Northwest, like. A division that doesn't even make any geographic sense. <laughs> oh, speak, we didn't even talk about Damian Lillard has been fucking awesome, by the way. Uh, yeah, we didn't been... really talk about that. Let's keep going, though. Uh, who you got the rest of this series, you think? Nuggets or Blazers? I, I mean, Nuggets nu- or Spurs? I think the Nuggets are going to pull it out. I think they're going to win it in seven. I hope so. It'd be so tight. It's just they, they really don't have an answer for uh, for the Joker, you know. So, you know, I think I think DeRozan will be a little better. Oh, also, yeah, it's he he has been less helpful in games three and game four. DeMar had been earlier in the series. Yeah. Well, yeah. Throwing a ball at the ref is uh, never helpful. (laughs) Yeah. The other thing that the Nuggets did was they put Gary Harris on Derek White. Mm -hmm. And that seems to have. Well, led to Derek White not scoring 36 points anymore, which may, maybe would have happened anyway. But uh, 
Yeah, the Nuggets are just just more fun. Like, I, I just think I want Wancho and his tattoos to be on a larger national stage. I also want him to play more on on the Nuggets. Yes, yeah. play Wancho. That's a, that's the petition we want to start. <laughs> well, and also you've got you've got the the Blazers and Nuggets. You've got all that. You got Plumley intrigue. Will Barton? Yeah, there's a lot of weird. Damian Lillard have strong words with the late Paul Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, they like Nurkic Jokic. All right, this is our show. Weed. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we get it. The weed joke. Blazers versus Nuggets. We've seen. I've seen that. Um, not from you. I don't mean. Sorry. Didn't mean to step on your well, joke. I just read the, the cities. Sorry. Yeah, I no, I've seen like a bunch of tweets where it's like, we need the weed bowl. Blazers versus nuggets. You know what I mean? Moo. You know who smokes <laughs> weed? People who blaze. Ooh. <laughs> uh, um, all right. That's our show. Sean, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Uh, yeah, I've got... And Game of Thrones thing on Yard Barker. Tomorrow you can hear me on the Sup Doc podcast talking about the uh, Flat Earth documentary Behind the Curve. Cool. Um, and then as for me, as always, uh, support us at patreon.com slash roundrockpod. Email us at roundrockpod at gmail.com or tweet at us at roundrockpod. Uh, but if you are on the website twitter.com, you know that you can read all my tweets at Frankie Muniz, where 23 hours ago I tweeted, Some people are just getting home from the club right now. I've already been asleep for seven hours, and I'm up early to watch some infomercials. He's, his brain is broken. <laughs> uh, Sean, did you write a song for us? I did write a song. Okay, so let us walk us walk people through it. The so, website uh, Grantland yeah. for Kids Junior um, mm-hmm. earlier this year went super viral writing a song about Luka Doncic. Mm-hmm. Um, they got so many clicks, so many hits, uh, and we were insanely jealous. We want those clicks. We want those hits. We want to go viral. So what we've been doing is writing our own Luka Doncic parody songs. Mm-hmm. Sean, what number is this? Uh, I believe of the Luka exclusive ones, I think this is number 33. This one better go viral. We'll stop once they go viral. Yeah, all it has to do. And I think this is a pretty good one. Um, so the the previous one, we tried to go viral with a song about Luka Doncic. Game of Thrones, James Dolan selling the Knicks, mm-hmm. and Luke Walton getting fired. Yes. Um it didn't quite go viral. No. Uh, but you can you can check it out on the Patreon blog. Um and it's a public entry. Yeah, you, it's an unlocked. You can see what post. that blog is about. Um and this one I tried to stay with the nineties kind of Joan Osborne influenced. Uh this is an Alanis Morissette song. Oh, what's it called? It's called Isn't It Luka Doncic? Oh, great. Well, that's playing under us right now. Um, Trust the process. Trust the process. And uh, shut it down. Google image search pig champion. (laughs) A young Slovene joined the NBA. Hawks won the lottery. 
and opted for Trey. It's a black fly in a fly trap. It's a fortuitous trade the night of the draft. And isn't it Luka Doncic? Don't you think? It's like cake on your wedding day. It's a free ride. And you also get laid. It's the good advice you decided to take. And his ass is getting bigger. Mr. Popovich schemed for this guy. He packed the pain with bigs and kissed the mid-range goodbye. He wouldn't double-team Luca at all that night. And when the shots didn't fall, he thought I was totally right. And isn't it Luka Doncic? Don't you think? It's like K.A. On your wedding day It's a crossover From Tim Hardaway It's having two stars In the Lone Star State But we're not gonna mention Porzingis Well, Luke has a funny way Of driving it past you With a hesitation dribble That he don't hesitate to use and Luke has a funny way of helping on defense where he zones out thinking about focusing on the zone. A sick handle when you're already 6-8, keeping your first round pick if it's better than 8. It's like 12,000 bucks when all you needed was 10. It's meeting the woman of your dreams, and she's Rachel from Friends. And isn't it Luka Doncic? Don't you think? A little too much Luka Doncic. No, I really don't think. It's like Dre in the finals game. It's a CJ. When you've already got Dame, it's been a Kennedy. When you're causing a lake, and now all the boomers are triggered. Well, Luke has a funny way of dunking it on you, and Luke has a funny, funny way. Shooting big threes Shooting big threes Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.